Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Good morning. How many of you are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen, kind of. Let's try that one more time. How many of you are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? There it is. There it is. I kind of got the, oh, we're serving what kind of response the first time. Hey, so glad that you're with us this morning. If we have not had the opportunity to meet, let me introduce myself to you. My name is Pastor Chris. Uh, My wife and I are just delighted to be a part of what God is doing here in and through Encounter Church. And I'm telling you what, I believe that we are just on the verge of God doing something absolutely amazing. We're seeing lives change every Sunday morning. We're seeing lives healed and restored every Wednesday night during worship and prayer service. And I would encourage you, if you have not yet gotten plugged in, get plugged in, be a part of what God is doing here at Encounter Church. Because truth be told, things work better when they're plugged in. Amen? You've heard me say this hundreds of times. It could be your toaster. It could be your computer. It could be your TV. It can be your life as well. But whatever it is, things work better when they're plugged in. So be a part of what God is doing. Speaking of that, I know it's been mentioned two or three times already this morning, but team night Wednesday night, come on somebody. You don't want to miss team night. I'm believing for 100% of our serve team members here Wednesday night. It's going to be a great time as we're challenged, as we're pressing forward, as we really grab a hold of who God wants us to be. All right, guys. Hey, we're going to move into a time of our giving this morning. This is our opportunity to give back to God, to trust God with our finances. And I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says this, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds, come on, say a few seeds, a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own hearts how much you will give, and don't give reluctantly, don't give in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. How have you know we are supposed to be part of something so much larger than ourselves? And in the text here, the Bible says that we aren't to give reluctantly, but we need to choose in our heart, decide in our heart. How do you do that? You spend time in prayer. God, what does this look like? God, how can I be a part of something larger than myself? We don't give out of pressure. We don't give reluctantly, but we give with a cheerful heart. What does it mean to give with a cheerful heart? Does that mean when you put money in the offering or you go online and you give your your offering to a legacy fund of some sort that suddenly you jump up and you cheer really loud like you're at a football game? No, that means that you grab a hold of this overwhelming sense of inner joy, this gladness, a a fulfillment to be part of something that God has planned before. When your language changes from I have to give to I get to give, I get to be a part of what God is doing to reach the world, suddenly we realize that Jesus was right when he said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
So with that this morning, we're going to receive our tithe and offering. We're going to receive our legacy giving this morning. And as you do that, there are numerous ways to give. If you're watching online, that screen's popping in front of me right now. Those of you that are in the house with me, you can see it on the screen behind me. You can give in the offering basket as it comes by in just a few moments or the bucket as it comes by. You can give on our website, encounterchurch.ag slash give. You can give in our app. Go to your favorite app store. Look for Encounter Church AG. You can text to give however you want to do that. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for partnering with us as we get to be a part of something so much larger than ourselves. Amen? Of watching hearts and lives change and transformed each and every week. And it's because of your faithfulness, because of your giving, that we are able to do that this morning. So thank you once again for partnering with us and helping us reach beyond these walls. Let's pray for our offering this morning. God, right now. I pray that you will just bless the gift and the giver. Lord, I pray that you will challenge that individual, Lord, that has, has yet to come to that place of, of trusting you with the finances. They, they haven't given and haven't trusted you. And Lord, I pray that this morning, God, that you will speak into their heart. Lord, help them to start someplace. And Lord, just watch what you begin to do. Lord, we've seen the miracles happen time and time again. Lord, I pray that you'll do it again. Bless the gift and the giver. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, gentlemen. If you want to go ahead and receive the offering. While we're receiving the offering this morning, I do want to introduce uh, our guest this morning. Uh, let me pause for a moment and say next Sunday we will kick off a brand new series. I believe that it's going to be a series that if you allow it to, it will be life-changing. It will be challenging. It's going to help you to take your trust level with God to a brand new level. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's kind of the little the excitement idea or the nugget there. But next Sunday morning, you're going to want to be here. You're going to want to bring somebody with you because over the next several weeks, we're going to watch God do some absolutely incredible things. But this morning, I am excited to have some friends of mine. In fact, I'm just going to like share it out here. I know his parents real well. Known his dad, known, uh, known Devin's dad for many, many years, and we were uh, choir teachers at the same time, working same time, same area together, and joined together in conferences every year. So several years ago, about five years ago, how many of you guys have been on the field now? About five years. We brought you guys on. I believe it was at, at the um, missions rally at District Council. Well, that year, we got to bring on every single missionary that was presented in front of us because of your giving. And the lollies were some of those missionaries. Super excited to have them with us this morning. They are missionaries to the Camaros Islands. They'll talk more about that in just a few moments. But could you, would you, give a warm Encounter Church Sedalia campus welcome to Devin and Ruthie Lolly? Come on. morning. We are absolutely thrilled to be here at Encounter Church, and thank you, Pastor Chris and Angie, for having us. It's such an honor, and we do thank you so much for your incredible, generous, and faithful support over our first term. So as you just heard, we're Devin and Ruthie Lolly, and we have an almost three-year-old son that you can see in this picture, Nolan, 
and we have a little girl coming to join our family in December, so we're so excited. Um, just to tell you a little bit about us, I grew up as a missionary kid in Africa. So for my whole life, almost, I have been a part of missions in Africa and loved missions. Devin, on the other hand, grew up in Springfield, Missouri, and never in a million years would have imagined that he would become a missionary. So it's just amazing how God brought the two of us together and called us into missions. We just finished our first four-year term on the Comoros Islands. So it's a set of four islands off the east coast of Africa, northwest of Madagascar, as you can see here in this picture. The people of the Comoros Islands are 99.9% Muslim. 99.9%. And for a Comorian, to be Muslim is to be Comorian. So the line between culture and religion is incredibly blurred. Everyone just assumes that you're a Muslim. There's not another way. Which gives us an amazing opportunity every time we walk out of our doors to stand out and show that we are different because we are not Muslim. We are Christians. I want to introduce you to one of my friends. Her name is Mama Musa. And I met her one time on a walk with my son, Nolan. Mama Musa has nine children. Her husband is a religious Islamic teacher. And so we would have many different conversations about life, about religion. And one time on a walk, I was talking to her and she said, can you help me learn how to make a chocolate cake for my daughter for her birthday? And that was one of my favorite moments with her, just to get to sit and talk for multiple hours about everything in our life, from faith to family. She cares so much about her kids and her family. And just like any of us, she just wants the best for them. A lot of Comorians can be very um, against talking about uh, Christianity, and they're very quick to come back with responses as to why Islam is better than Christianity, why we should follow the Prophet Muhammad instead of Jesus. But Mama Musa is not like that. She's incredibly open to talking about faith, and she's always had these really inquisitive questions and a real openness and sincerity in her heart to hear about what I believe. Before we left the islands this summer, I was able to give Mama Musa a Bible. It was the first time she had ever held a Bible in her life, and she was unashamed. People were coming in and out of her shop. She was holding it. She was asking questions, and just again, just to see that, that root in her heart of a real openness to know the truth. So I would just ask that you would pray for Mama Musa and that she would become a Christian. She would become a follower of Jesus and that she would lead her entire family to also become believers in Jesus. Mama Musa is just one of thousands of Comorians who have never once in their lives had the opportunity to meet a Christian, let alone to hear the gospel or the truth about who Jesus is. So we would just ask that you would continue to pray for Mama Musa and the thousands of Comorians that we love so much, that God would reach out, that he would reach into their hearts, and that there would be a spiritual revival across the Comoros Islands. So thank you so much. We're so thrilled to be here this morning, and I'll now turn it over to Devin. Good morning. It is an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here with you all this morning. Thank you to Pastor Gray for the opportunity to be here. I have an amazing wife. Do you agree? She's incredible. I'm so, I'm so blessed to have Ruthie as my wife. She's an amazing mother, a wife, and a, a leader. So I'm so thankful for her. The Lord has been so good to us. Has he been good to you? Amen. Amen. 
We're going to get straight into the word this morning. I'm going to be speaking uh, from Matthew chapter 4 and posing the question, what is your battle? We're all in a spiritual battle. We're all in a spiritual fight. So I want to ask you this morning, what is your battle? So if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 11. So I'll go ahead and read those now. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So just prior to these verses, Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist. In the Jordan River, he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, and God's voice can be heard audibly saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And that's an amazing moment, an earth-shattering moment of the three-in-one pictured here. And so Jesus comes up out of the water, and it's directly after this that he's led to be tempted by the devil. In the Gospel of Luke, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus has just been baptized, then full of the Holy Spirit, he goes out to the wilderness to be tempted. Before he went, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And that same Spirit that filled Jesus is in you and I today, if we have accepted him as Lord and Savior. And if we will daily pick up our cross and follow Jesus and listen to the leading of the Spirit, we will, like Jesus, be doing the will of the Father. But we have to surrender things in our lives that might get in the way of the Spirit speaking to us. We have to spend time in the presence of the Lord every single day so we can be in tune with what God wants to speak to us. How can we know his voice if we don't ever take time to simply listen? We must listen every day in our quiet time to God to see what new thing he has to speak to us for that day. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit, Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days. That is obedience. That is surrender. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Amen? We have one Comorian friend named Philip. He is a very dear brother to us. He comes from a very religious Muslim family. And in many, if not all forms of Islam, there is animism mixed in. There is a lot of dealing with jinn or demons in everyday life. And that is true in Comoros. People are demonized, they have spells put on them, or receive some kind of power from these dark spirits. Some people do not even want the gen to leave them alone. They just want to do things to appease them. Philip's mom and his cousin have helped many people dealing with demons. If someone has a problem that a demon is causing them, they go to Philip's mom or his cousin for some kind of ritual or natural medicine that will pacify the demon for some time. And Philip has been desperately praying for his family to come to know Jesus. One day he walked in to his house in his village, and at that exact moment when he entered the house, his mother fell to the floor, unconscious, and everyone thought she had passed out from some kind of illness. On that same day, Philip walked into his cousin's house. 
She fell to the floor at the moment he entered, and she was unconscious, and everyone thought she had passed out from some kind of illness. However, since that day, neither of these women who fell to the floor have been able to help people who have been troubled by demons. They lost their so-called power. You see, the Holy Spirit living in us is so strong, he only needs to be in the presence of darkness, and darkness flees. Hallelujah. I would love to tell you that since that time, these two women have come to faith in the Lord, but that is simply not true. Philip has had a vision of his family holding hands together, praying before a meal and giving thanks to Jesus. Would you pray with us for Philip's family and specifically for his mom, that they would come to know him? What is your battle? We're going to see five keys, five keys to winning your battle in this passage. And the first one is be full of the Holy Spirit. Know his voice. Spend time in his presence. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Seek that wonderful, beautiful, empowering gift. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Verses 2 through 3 says, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Do you notice the timing of this? It says, After fasting 40 days, when Jesus was hungry. Can you imagine? Then the tempter came to him. Do not be fooled, Satan is crafty. In Genesis 3, 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Satan is constantly scheming and plotting, and he came when Jesus was tired and weak. Why? Because Satan knows he himself is weak. He is a defeated foe, but he is sneaky and crafty. The Bible actually says in 1 Peter 5, 8, that he is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour Satan loves to come around when we are tired, maybe hangry, upset, frustrated, depressed. And he loves to whisper lies about who we are. He's done this to another one of my good friends in Comoros named Adam. Adam came to know Jesus through one of our teammates named Stephen. Adam is a brave and, and bold, and he has told many people in Comoros about Jesus. He came up with a plan all on his own to go and visit villages where he knew for sure they had not yet heard about who Jesus is. He's been beaten for his faith, thrown out of his village. But he keeps sharing the truth about who Jesus is wherever he goes. He is young, personable, hardworking, but he came out of a very rough background in life on the streets in Comoros. God radically changed Adam's life, but from time to time he still struggles with the issues of his past, alcohol in particular. The enemy whispers lies to Adam like you're still stained by the sin of your past or you'll never be good enough. Or you'll never be able to do anything worthwhile with your life. And many times I have poured truth into Adam's life and reminded him of who God says that he is. That he is loved. Worthwhile. Valuable. A blessing. A child of the Most High God. And that is true for you too. You are loved. You are worthwhile. You are valuable. You are a blessing. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can all be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. To him be the glory. Would you pray with me also for my good friend Adam that he would be set free from the chains of, his, chains of his past and live in full righteousness for God? What is your battle? What is your battle? Is it lust? Is it pornography? Is it pride? Is it you're feeling a sense of God calling you in your life, but you're resistant to that? Know the schemes of the enemy. He will come when you are most vulnerable. He will come and whisper lies to you about who you are and what you have done. Know the enemy's schemes. He is crafty, but he is defeated. His word means nothing. 
Listen to what God says about who you are. As we continue on in verses 3 and 4, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, tired, hungry, but full of the Holy Spirit, not only responds to Satan's food-related temptation with Scripture, but he references Scripture with Scripture, if you can follow me, when he says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do you love the word of God? The more I read God's word, the more I love it. It is food for our souls. In it are words of life and joy and peace. And God reveals himself to us through his word. Who are we? Broken. With hearts that long to wonder. But God is so gracious to us that we get to know him through his word. It is a superb gift to us. And Jesus uses the word of God here to resist temptation. The word of God is the only offensive weapon we have in the armor of God. It's the sword of the spirit. The word of God is a weapon for us in our spiritual fight. Unfortunately, the entirety of the Bible does not yet exist in the local language of Comoros. Yet. There is a project taking place to get the Bible into the local language. But the people there, just like you and I, need God's word. The word that is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword that penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, that judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That is the word of God. Comorians need it so they can be exposed to the truth of who Jesus is, so that they can be discipled in a language they understand well, so that they can share confidently the truth of who God is, and what he has done for them, and what he can do for others. They need God's word. What is your battle? Read, study, memorize God's word. Don't treat it like a chore or a checklist item. Treat it like a prize. Treat it like a joy. Treat it like an honor, knowing some don't yet even have it in a language that they can understand. And be ready to use it in your battle against Satan, against temptation, and for victory in your life and the life of others. Verses 5 through 7 says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil is crafty. In Jesus' first reply, he quotes scripture. So with his second temptation, the devil quotes from Psalm 91, when he says, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus wasn't tripped up pun intended, when he said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Man, Jesus is awesome. He was ready. He was ready with the word of God. And even though he hadn't had his coffee yet, for 40 days for that matter, he wasn't swayed even a little bit by the devil. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Hasn't the Lord already done so much for you? I know he has already done so much for me beyond what I can even imagine. He has done it for me and for you. There is a song that says, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And that is exactly how I have felt in my own life. I've tried to mess up God's plan for my life so many times, but his goodness and his love have been running after me, and he never stops. And he won't stop running after you. And he won't stop running after 
your family members. And he won't stop running after your friends. And he won't stop running after your co-workers. And he won't stop running after the precious islanders we work among. He won't stop. He never stops. He desires that none perish, but that all come to repentance. There's a great example of God's love expressed in a unique way in another islander friend of ours. His name is Farouk. Farouk was given a Bible at a young age. And he read it from time to time, but he remained a devout Muslim. A little over a year ago, his brother invited him to a Bible study held by a Christian couple in Comoros, our teammates, David and Holly. They met a few times with nothing notable happening in those meetings, reading the Bible together, until one day Farouk came to David and Holly's house, and he was so excited to tell them about something. He had had a dream. In his dream, he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus with a bright and shining face, He could see Jesus with long, flowing hair. Jesus opened his arms to Farouk to embrace him. He could see in the dream people were being washed by a holy water, and he too was washed by this water. And Jesus said to him, I am coming back. After Farouk shared his dream with our teammates, David felt led to share the story of Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. And that night, Farouk accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. But it doesn't stop there. Farouk is now leading a group of 15 people meeting together regularly to study God's word, to worship, to pray, to bear one another's burdens. They are already talking about multiplication. I see multiply there on the wall. Now you've been going through the book of Acts, multiplying, because uh, God is moving in Comoros. 15 people meeting together in a small house is too many for the context. Um, You know, Comoros is a small place with small houses, so they're talking about multiplying, and that's a good biblical principle. God is moving in Comoros. He's doing amazing things all over the world, and he's doing amazing things here in Sedalia, Missouri. God is moving. What is your battle? Remember what God has already done for you. He took the due punishment for your sins upon himself. We all deserve death and separation from God and nothing else, yet he sent his only son. Remember salvation. And if you are not saved today, I want to extend a second opportunity for you to accept Jesus. Today is a great day to accept him as Lord and Savior in your life. Verses 8 through 11, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. The devil's third attempt with Jesus again failed when Jesus quotes scripture saying, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That is a good word for us today as many distractions and temporal things compete for our time and affection. But I love what Jesus said when he quotes from Deuteronomy, away from me, Satan. And in James verse 4, in James chapter 4 verse 7, we see a similar verse where it says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But you have to resist. Away from me, Satan, you could say. Are there things in your life that you need to rid yourself of? Temptations that when they come, you should say away from me, but instead you let enter in. What is your battle? Rid yourself of the sin in your life. Easy to say, difficult to do. But with the Lord working in us through the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us to live rightly for him. And we can rid ourselves of the sin in our life through these things that we've seen 
in this text. Number one, spirit. Be full of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit working in you will empower you to live rightly. Two, schemes. Know the schemes of the enemy. He is crafty, but we know his ways. If we know his ways, we can defeat him much more easily. Number three, scripture. Know God's word. God's word is our offensive weapon in our fight against sin in our lives. Number four, salvation. Remember what God has done for you. Number five, sin. Remove the sin in your life. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, aware of the schemes of the enemy, daily reading God's word, saved by grace, you will have power from God to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for the example that we have in your son, Jesus. We thank you that in each one of us, we have the opportunity to be a representative of who you are. And God, I just pray that for all of us in this room, myself included, Lord, we would devote ourselves again to you. We would know your word, oh Lord. We would know the schemes of the enemy, God. We would desire to live holy and righteous lives before you, ridding ourselves of the sin in our lives, Lord, not so that we can be great, not even so that we can be called good, Lord, but for your glory. And so that through you working in our lives, we might be a light shining to those who so desperately need you in our world, those who so desperately need you outside of the walls of this building, God, and all around us in this community, in this city, in this state, in this country, and in the world. We thank you for who you are. May all that we say and do with our lives bring glory and honor to your name. And it's in that wonderful and awesome and powerful and life-saving, changing name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.